Bring Your Own is a live storytelling series that takes place in unconventional venues across the city of New Orleans. And it is a podcast that airs on the radio on WWNO and streams on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to and download and subscribe to podcasts. This story was told back in April the 21st in 2016 at the Jazz and Heritage Center, and it was later produced by Dana Bialik, one of the Bring Your Own audio producers. The theme of that BYO show was not for the money. And here, Laura M. talks about how her rougher days as a bartender affected her judgment, to say the least. I'm going to tell a story that happened a few years ago when I was working as a bartender. And before I get started, I just want to assure everyone I'm no longer working as a bartender. So don't worry. Like, once we get to the end, I think you'll find comfort in that. (laughs) But I was working as a bartender three years ago. And let me just set the scene for y'all. I was working at a dive bar, a little dive bar in Metairie, in a strip mall. So this is a place, like, if you can imagine, like, an L-shaped strip mall, it's like between like a beauty shop where people get their hair cut. It's next to a like beauty dancer supply store. There's like a Chinese food restaurant. There's a pizza place, a Latin market with a kitchen in the back. It's a strip mall. If you're wondering who goes to a bar in the back of a strip mall, it's mainly construction workers. So this is like a big dude bar. There's like a bunch of roofers. People have been outside all day. They're coming in. They just want to get a cold drink. They don't want a bunch of bull. I'm dealing with elephant cage builders. I'm dealing with a guy that came in with no arms and paid me with his feet. Like all kinds of people, mostly hardworking people, including drug dealers. So there was a lot of stuff going on at this place. And there was also a lot of nicknames. Everybody in there that was like a regular was like, Big Tommy, Big Wayne, Military Chris, Ponytail Chris. There was Bicycle Michael. And Bicycle Michael got his name because he's legally blind, so he would ride his bicycle to the bar. And he would always, except maybe once, get so drunk I'd have to cut him off, and I could always tell when he was very drunk because he'd start squawking like a parrot. And one night, he went outside, and he couldn't get his combination lock undone, so he came back in the bar and wanted me to help him. And I was like, no, like, I'm not helping you. You're too drunk to ride a bike. And so he starts guilt tripping me like, you want to help a blind guy get his bike? And I was like, no, not right now. And he's like, you don't want to help blind people. That's how it is. You just don't want to help blind people. And I'm like, all right, like, okay. Um, So it's that kind of bar, just like stuff happening all the time. I used to eat a lot of food there. People would give me a lot of their leftovers, pizza, chicken wings, whatever. So I think word got out that I really liked food and they could kind of bribe me with it if that was, you know, they wanted something. They gave me a lot of food, they gave me a lot of drinks. One night I get really drunk behind the bar, like trashed, because people are buying shots, like really gross, like sugary shots, like one's called liquid marijuana, it's disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting, and then I did Irish car bombs, and apparently, from what I've been told, I was like laughing maniacally behind the bar, just like walking around laughing. And so I take a break, I decide I'm taking a break, it's like a nine hour shift, I go into the storage room, I'm like, I'll be right back, you know, I'm gonna go get some supplies, and, What felt like minutes later, I opened my eyes and I see the ice machine looking kind of funny. The ice machine's like sideways. It's like turned and I'm like, oh, because I'm laying on the floor. And apparently I've been passed out for 45 minutes. So 
really embarrassed. I walk back out into the bar, and I'm telling y'all, I'm not proud of this. So I walk back into the bar, and everybody's left. All the good time crowd's gone, except for like three people. There's G, military Chris, and there's, um, <laughs> and Michael, uh, other Michael. I called him in my head, other Michael, other than the bicycle Michael. Um, so other Michael is this really like kind of short statured, um, small man who's been in prison and he likes to pick fights. So that night he was in his usual like Michael, like I'm just gonna press your button, press your button. You know, so he starts pressing my button. I don't know what I did, cause I don't remember to be honest. But um, apparently it was really disturbing to G. And G is this young guy who always wears like this North Carolina hat, North Carolina like gear. And so G starts yelling at Michael, Michael starts yelling at G. Michael like flips G's ball cap off and that just didn't go over well at all. And so, in my blurry, fuzzy memory, I can still remember G just pushing Michael very hard. Michael falls straight back, hits his head on the cement, and I start panicking. I just run from behind the bar, and I'm like, oh my god. And Michael is passed out. His eyes are closed. He's got, like, a wound in his head. And G just picks up his foot and stomps his face. I mean, violent. It's dark. And I'm very drunk and very unable to deal with this. So I'm just shaking Michael and saying, you've got to wake up right now. Like, wake up now. Military Chris comes in. He's like, you've got blood on your hands. You need to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom, wash the blood off my hands. I come back out, and everything suddenly kind of writes itself. Michael gets up and gets in a cab and leaves. Uh, military Chris disappears, and I'm left alone in the bar with G, the guy that just pushed a man down and curb stomped him. I'm like... You know, this is kind of a dangerous area. I'm like, you could just stay while I count money, like, because I'd rather G be in there than like some guy, like I don't know. So at least I know him, even though he's dangerous. And so, you <laughs> wait right there. And and he does. And as I'm counting the money, he's like, hey, can I ask you for a favor? Can you can you give me a ride home? I only live a few blocks away. And I hesitate because I'm just like, ugh, like <laughs> I don't know. And he's like. I'll buy you some Taco Bell. And I was like, all right. I was like, okay. So, so basically, I should have called the cops, and I should have kicked this guy out, and he's probably a criminal. But instead, I did him a favor and gave him a ride home for what is the equivalent of a $3.23 chicken quesadilla. <laughs>